Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Steven, how you doing, sir? Good, good, good. How are you? Good. We're actually recording and publishing on the same day, so it's uh, Sunday recording. We've got a football game, uh, football day ahead of us, but uh, before we get to that, or if we even get to that, uh, we've got the issues at the border. So a bunch, a bunch, that sounds weird to say it that way, a lot of Haitians, thousands, thousands of Haitians got to Mexico and tried to cross the, border, the Mexico-Texas border, mm-hmm. and they were greeted by... Uh, ice <coughs> on <Yep>. horseback. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot has been made of this. Um, you know, there were some images that got out of a border patrol agent using, you know, split reins, um, which are, you know, the type of reins that you, you know, use on a horse. Right. Um, and and then the pictures captured it, it the way. The picture is captured. It looks like the border patrol agent is using the reins as like a whip, and it's a bad look. You got a white guy on a horse and a black person running away. It definitely has, um, uh, you know, harkens back to to slavery and some really nasty images and times in our country's history. Now, you know, the ph- photographer who took the picture has come out and said. Look, that's not what was going on. It was just the angle of the picture. I, you know, I, I didn't witness anyone being whipped by reins. Um, and even with other angles of, you know, the same photo, like from the, uh, you know, the same sequence, but from someone photographing, uh, taking pictures from the back, you can see that, you know, what's going on. It looks a lot different in the back than the way it does in the front, and the person's not being whipped. Um, so... That's kind of like one side issue. Now, what's happened is the media and, you know, Democrats and, and the president have taken this and said, you know, oh, this, this looks so bad. We can't have people being whipped um, and kind of, you know, playing into what it looks like instead of what it is um, and almost using that image as a deflection from the actual issue that's happening at the border. Right, um, and and I think we'd we'd be remiss to ignore the situation in Haiti and how we got here, um, you know. And so what happened is is obviously we just recently had uh, a hurricane and I think an earthquake in Haiti, right? I think there was a hurricane first, and there was an earthquake, and I think there was another hurricane. Not to mention their leader, um, their their president or, or yeah. uh, uh, prime minister was killed, assassinated. Yeah. Right? Just group of strange dudes, very, uh, you know, movie bad guy-esque, you know, break into his house, shoot him, also harm his wife, um, and, and he's dead. Now, <clears throat> that's actually... That's sort of like the the end of it. That's not really how we got here, and that's not how a lot of those Haitians got to abort, got to the border. What happened was, because there's a lot of conservatives saying, why wouldn't they go to Florida? That's what the Cubans do. Why wouldn't they go to Florida, right? Right. And but here's the thing: this didn't start this year, right? So this actually goes back to as far back as 2010. Remember, there was a terrible earthquake that happened in 2010. And it devastated the country. Now, I mean, you could, I feel like you could also say that, like, almost every couple years, you know, natural 
you know, natural uh, uh, event occurs and destroys Haiti, right? Whether it's earthquake or a hurricane, it's just something terrible just always happens there for, for whatever reason, I guess because of the location. But uh, back in 2010, you had this terrible hurricane or this terrible earthquake and the people from Haiti had to get out, right? Like, I mean, it was just, it was, it was really unlivable situation. And so what happened was a lot of them escaped to South and Central America in pre uh, predominantly Brazil, right? And, and if you remember what was going on in Brazil, Brazil is getting ready for a World Cup and the Olympics, right? Right. Like they had them back to back. So they're building these massive stadiums. So they had, and they had a labor shortage. They didn't have enough people in Brazil to do the work. And so Haitians, instead of like trying to get to America, they just went to Brazil and they were able to get work visas from the Brazilians and the Brazilians didn't have any problem with it because again, there was a labor shortage. So they gave the Haitians work visas and the Haitians helped build the, you know, the stadium for the world cup and the stadium for the Olympics and, and everything that went along with that. Um, you know, so through, you know, from, you know, 2011, 12 ish, through basically, you know, 2020, there were, you know, there, there were really no issues. Now, um, you know, Haitians didn't only go to Brazil, they went to Chile, they went to a couple other countries in Central America uh, and, and South America. And then, you know, around 2020, you know, a lot of those visas expired and, you know, those countries said, all right, you got to go, right? And they literally, they kicked them out. Um, and you know, people are saying, oh, it's racist, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. But, I mean, these countries said, like, look, you have a visa. It's only for so long. You have to go. So they, so they, you know, basically kicked them out of the country. And they're already in South and Central America. So at that point, they do what everyone else in South and Central America does when they get kicked out of the country or they feel that they have to leave. They go north to, uh, you know, through Mexico eventually to get to the U.S. border. And that's how they ended up there. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, how did you get that many Haitians? Like, there's got to be, you know, a U. you know, George Soros has to have a boat and a plane taking people from Haiti and dropping them off at the border. No, you know, these people went, you know, they went across over to South and Central America and then they were there for years and now they've come up in droves. And then people, you know, in this most current situation, you, you know, trying to connect with family and, 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 and people that they know who went to South America, they did the same thing. And then they all caravaned up. And so that's how we get this issue with Haitians migrating to the U.S. border. And now the question is, how do we deal with it? Right now, what we're doing is shipping them back to Haiti. Now, that's not going to work. And the reason why is that their country is in shambles, right? Like, I mean, if there's ever a need for asylum, it's people from Haiti. Their country is destroyed. Hurricanes, earthquakes, their leader, dead. Like, the government is uh, uh, shaky at best, Right now, That's I mean, a generous way of saying it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's it's very unstable. You know, um, and I think for people on the left too. I mean, like you know, a lot of conservatives are just like send them back, and then the people on the left are like, well, if you guys stop trying to destabilize country. Like, look, we don't have to do anything in Haiti. We don't need to destabilize Haiti because Haiti Haiti gets destabilized by earthquakes and hurricanes every other year, right? This this one isn't us. Like, we aren't doing any. We aren't doing much to help. But at the same time, the, the, the situation in Haiti isn't us. Now, the situation in Ecuador, Venezuela, uh, some of these other places, yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we probably... I think we've been <laughs> with Haiti over the years, too. I mean, we are, but the reason these people are leaving their homes isn't because of the bullshit we're doing. Right. I'll right? Like, that. on this particular instance, it's not, this is not us, right? Even if you take away what we're doing... 
right? The the bullshit that we do doesn't that change that doesn't change the reason why those people need to leave, right? I mean, it just it just doesn't. The place the place is for whatever reason is is just we'll just say extremely unlucky. And 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 I don't know if a lot of people know the history of Haiti, right? Because people just think that it was always this this godforsaken place. But you know, Haiti was one of the first places, one of the first. Uh, um, colonized places to break free of colonization, and they were one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And and I mean, they helped the like the Haitians helped the United States during the Revolutionary War, and 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 the United States fight for independence. Like they sent soldiers up here to fight for the United States to help you know to help them fight for their freedom. Um, and so Haiti has a very rich history, uh, and 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 it's worth knowing and keeping um and we have to do something better than what we're doing right now for those people um i think granting them asylum is the way to go um like yeah you're gonna you're gonna get some bad apples like that there's just that that is what it is um and saying that there's you know well there's criminals amongst them that's that's not a reason to 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 not help the the thousands and thousands of people who if you send them back to haiti they're going back to rubble in a dysfunctional government and possibly death. And the, the Fox News spin on this is the Democrats are doing this because they want to replace white voters with oh, non-white right. voters. And that's, you know, and that's the only way these Democrats can win is uh, not like Tucker Carlson. Look, I mean, I, I think, you know, a, a big thing, a, a big part of the conservative now, whatever we want to call it, the Trump, the, the neo-conservative post-Trump era group um, is this idea that white people are under attack by brown people? They're going to lose their voice. They're going to lose their votes. They're going to lose their rights, and the in in the United States is going to be controlled by black and brown people. And the black and brown people are going to get all the free stuff, and they're going to, I I guess, enslave white people. I, I I don't know what the like what how this. I don't know if that's the end game or not. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're saying the overall end game is, but ultimately, you know, if you if you vote for Democrats, you're voting for you know black and brown people to take your stuff. I guess I I, I don't that's, know. That's basically the Tucker Carlson spin is. Yeah. You know they're coming to take away everything. They're getting everything for free. They're nothing but freeloaders, and your hard work is going to pay for these people who whose only role is to be servants of the Democrats to unseat uh, the the true Americans, which are apparently European right. American white Europeans. White Europeans. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's interesting because a, a a guy I know, uh, you know, he posted something on on Facebook about uh, he went to Dave and Buster's, and you know, they they had to close early because they didn't have enough workers. Um, you know, because of the labor shortage, and and he goes on this on this tirade on social media about, you know, stop, you know, stop taking the government's free stuff and get your ass back to work, and you're gonna ruin the country because you're you're taking free stuff. And I'm like, what free stuff? The additional unemployment benefits have been stopped. There's no more moratorium on evictions. Um, you know, like what what's the free stuff that's keeping people from working? Are you sure that's what's keeping people from working? Are people tired of working for bullshit wages, you know, work and, and not being able to work full time because if they work full time, then the company would need to give them benefits. So these companies and these and these small businesses make sure that the people only work, you know, a maximum of 35 or 38 hours. So, you know, like you don't have time to have another job or you don't have time to do anything else. 
but you do have time to work there, but not enough to get benefits and you're barely getting paid enough. I mean, even if you're getting paid $10 an hour, you know, I mean, there are people out there arguing like how great that is. Like do the math, right? The average cost of an apartment in, in, in Cleveland right now is, I mean, I've seen numbers as high as $1,500, but let's say it's $1,200. Right, let's say if, you're, if your rent is $1,200 a month and you make $10 an hour and you work less than 40 hours a week, let me tell you, you're not making $1,200 a month, right? And if you are, you're only making $1,200 a month and that means that how are you gonna pay your utilities? How are you gonna eat? How are you gonna get to work, right? How are you gonna pay for the uniform that I'm sure that they're gonna make you pay for, right? Like all these things that, that go into it so people are tired of it. So you know what? They do these gig jobs, they drive for Lyft, they drive for Uber, they do shit under the table. Um, you know, they, they, they're starting online businesses or they're working online instead of doing things to serve other people, which is kind of the thing that's pissing people off, right? I can't go to Dave and Buster's or there's, they're understaffed right. at McDonald's or there's not enough bartenders to serve me booze and there's not enough cooks so I can go out to eat and, and it's ruining small, is it ruining small business or is it just an inconvenience for you? Right? And it is having an impact on small businesses, but this is what I've said before, and people really don't like it, and it's funny the people who don't like it. But look, if you can't pay your workers enough based off today's standards, right? if you have to rely on a minimum wage uh, or, or really, really low wages, you know, below market value in order to, to sustain your business, Right, like you can't pay someone more than eight dollars an hour, and if you pay them ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen dollars an hour, you can't sustain a business, and you'll go under. I'm sorry, you need to go under. Your business model sucks. You're not cash flowing enough. You haven't worked this out. You're barely staying alive as it is, and I'm sorry, you got to go. Sorry, your dream is ruined. You got to go get a nine to five. You did a bad job. You failed. Donald Trump did it. He he managed to bounce back. So follow your idol. Right. Like, I mean, and if you don't like it, I mean, I'm sorry. Remember, free market. It's capitalism. That's how it works. Right. Right. Right, that's the thing that they go to. It's free market capitalism, right? Well, this is free market capitalism. You got to pay people more. And if you if you can't afford to pay people more, guess what? Your business fails. Sorry, because you don't have anybody to work for you. And you only have 24 hours in a day. You're only one person. You can only do so much. You can't do everything. So you got to make a sacrifice. And maybe it's your profit margins. Um, you know, and that and that's just kind of where I come out with this with the issue on this whole you know labor shortage thing. Um, you know, and there's other aspects of it too. Um, you know, I mean, you have people out there trying to figure out, you had a lot of people who decided during the pandemic that they were going to go back to school. You had a lot of people who just decided, who literally just decided, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? So there's some people like who, yeah, they probably should get themselves back in to the, the labor market. Right. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of reasons why things are the way they are with, with our economy. And it's not just, well, people are lazy and you know, they, they, they don't want to serve me. We've, I said this a bunch of times over a bunch of topics on the show. Whenever people are trying to denigrate a group of people, whether it's, they, you know, we've talked about how the stereotype of lazy Mexicans is one of the most ridiculous stereotypes ever. I right. Mean, in terms of working hard, spend one day in Southern California, and you're going to go, wow, they're doing a lot harder work than I am for right. a lot less money. And they're doing it now, really well. And now it's, <laughs> now, and now it's, um, it's service industry people. Right. Oh, they're all lazy. None of them want to work. And I hear it all the time, and I hear it, <clears throat> the Irish pub that I go to all the time, I, the managers know me, and one of them is always complaining about how no one wants to work. Meanwhile, there's six bartenders and servers and 15 patrons. Right. So, you know, the, the fact is, they have trouble filling their kitchen staff because they pay them like shit and treat them like shit. Yep. And I... I and the place you're going to, like, their kitchen is shitty. It's it is. small. It's, yes. I mean, it... <laughs> 
probably arguably dangerous, right? Um, and I mean, listen, like working in those conditions, it is dangerous. Like I've worked in, you know, the, the back of a bar kitchen and I mean, it's slippery, it's hot. Like there's ch chances are there's, the ventilation Gre is shitty. Grease pits there's everywhere. There's grease everywhere. I mean, I mean, like you're, you're literally putting out fires at times. Um, you know, the, like you get a rush and there's high demand and, and, you know, you're getting yelled at by bartenders and waitresses and the manager and everything else. Like it's a really high stress job for what, $9 an hour, $10 an hour, maybe if you're lucky. Um, you know, and, and then again, you know, that same place you're talking about exactly like they, they, they have, you know, there literally will be four or five bartenders and servers and everything else. And then there'll be 20 people in the bar. Well, if I'm a bartender and a server and you're only paying me $4 an hour because I can make the rest of the money off tips and I have to split tips with all these other people, then all of a sudden this glamorous job of bartending and serving doesn't seem so glamorous when I've made, uh, uh, you know, $20 for the four or five hours that I've worked and I've made another $20 in tips. You know I mean? I'm not sure how you're going to survive off of $40 a day or $50 a day. But if, I mean, if you're, if you're only taking home, you know, less than a hundred dollars on your shift, then you're going to be like, I need to go find something else. That's going to be more lucrative, more productive. Yeah. You know, now the other argument is, well, you know, that same guy who was ranting, you know, I kind of called him on it and he was like, no, it's bullshit. You don't see the light. I can't help you. And you're just a sheep and you're going to get enslaved by the oh new, you know, all that, all that happy horse shit. And then he's just like, hey, I have this job posting. It's $20 an hour for a customer service rep work from home. Do you know anybody? So I was just like, okay, yeah. I mean, like that, like that is actually useful. Like your other bullshit was useless. And I, I didn't even respond to the other shit that he said. But I did, you know, give the job posting to someone and say, hey, like, here's an opportunity, like, you know, do something with it. Um, you know, and we got a little sidetracked yep. on the whole Haitian in the border issue. But no, look, the border issue is something that Biden isn't handling. He's not doing a good job. He's not. You can't. I'm, how, I'm, how, I mean, I'm not arguing with you. Right. I mean, he's not doing anything. Right. Kamala Harris was put in charge of the border. And I, has she fucking been there? You I know, think she did I mean, go. Yeah, she, I mean, she went a while ago, and it was but like any a, visit, it's a, it's right, a I mean, it's a thing. photo op. So, what, so what, what, what are you actually doing right now? And you know, I mean, like they use this photo of the of the person who looks like they're being whiffed, um, you know, to manipulate things and sort of deflect. But what are you actually doing? How are you actually helping these people? Right? I mean, because what 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 I would do is I would like look, we're we're gonna. What they need to do is get more people down there to handle processing of, uh, you know whatever it is people looking for asylum or visas uh, like people to help with the immigration aspect of this right and to actually process this whether you need administrative staff or court staff or even if you need more border patrol agents whatever get put money into getting them down there get money into actually dealing with this situation and processing it um i think if you come out and say look these people's homeland has been absolutely devastated like through natural, you know what I mean? Like these, these these natural disasters that have destroyed the island time and time and time again. This isn't just this time. This is we've we've got literally a decade of disasters for this place. Their homes are destroyed. Their government is in shambles. I'm going to give them asylum. This is it. We're going to process it as fast as we can. Let's move on, right? But Biden is pussyfooting around it. You know, because you oh, got to reach across the table. We got to do all the, you know, we, we want to do what's best for the people. And this this looks so bad. The picture harkens back to slavery. Well, you're not saying anything, Joe. You're not saying anything and you're not doing anything. So fucking do something. Right. And if you got a problem with me criticizing Joe Biden, I don't really give a shit. Right. Tell me what he's doing. Tell me what he's actually doing to help the situation. Trump didn't do shit about it. We had no problem calling him out on it. And I have no problem calling out Joe Biden saying you are not doing a fucking thing. 
get Kamala Harris's ass down there, set up shop, and figure out a fucking solution. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? You're wasting my goddamn time. What I, um, first of all, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Um, I do have one side point, but yeah, Biden can't look and say, look at this awful thing that's happening. Dude, you're at the top of the ladder. You can <laughs> feel free. Jump in, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what the solution is. Um, I mean, we got sidetracked because people are saying there's a labor shortage yes. here, just like there was a labor shortage yes. in Brazil. And now like, well, you want people who would be happy to make 10 bucks an hour, um, just to be out of fucking Haiti. Right. Uh, the, the, the comp- biggest complaint I have with the Fox News narrative is they're here for all the free health care. What free health care? What free health care? I mean, I guess there is Medicaid, but they're not citizens. They're not, vo- they're, not re- they're not voting. They're not, they're just trying to fucking survive. And, and <laughs> the free health care. Go, okay, go ahead. Go to a free clinic. Right. See, yeah. see how enjoyable that experience is. Right. I mean, That's even cool. when you, like, listen, my experience in the, I was in the hospital a year, um, a, a year ago, like now, literally. Right. Um, you know, for over a week, um, you know, liver kidney failure was literally on my deathbed. Um, aside from the f- absolute physical pain um, of basically feeling yourself die, that was awful. Um, the care that I got was absolute shit. Absolute well, shit. you have good health insurance. I have very good health insurance. I was at the Cleveland Clinic, and they literally just basically said, well, we can't help you. Good luck. You know, I mean, I, I like, I mean, at one point in time, I'm going through serious cramps, like, I'm having serious body cramps, right? Like, because I'm pissing out. I was, I was, I was literally pissing, uh, like, more, close to a gallon of fluid every 45 minutes. Right. Every 45 minutes, I'd stand up, go to the bathroom, and I'd just stand there. And they would give, they gave me these things. Well, we need to chart how much you're peeing, right? So after, like, they put one in there in an hour, and I said, hey, I'm going to need another one of these. And they said, what do you mean? I, well, I filled this one. We just brought it in. I'm like, yeah, I know. Right? Like, so I'm going to need you to bring another one. Do and, I need to show you a bucket full of piss? Well, for you to and I did. And they're like, oh, okay. And I was like, so you're probably going to need to bring two more. And also, like, I, I need an IV. And they're just like, nope, well, we're not authorized to give you an IV. Here's a cup of ice. I'm like, okay, well, can I, can I at least get a bigger cup or a pitcher and, and actual water? And a very exasperated nurse comes back and gives me the, a cup the size of a shot glass, right? And no pitcher because she's, oh, well, we're out of pitchers. Um, you know, and this is during the height of COVID, right? So, and I, you know, part of it, I give the nurse a little bit of a pass because they were under a lot of pressure and stress. But, um, you know, she was just like, you can, if you need more water, you have a sink in your bathroom, right? I mean, and this is at the Cleveland Clinic. This is in a hospital. Right. Um, and so that, I mean, that's not free healthcare. That's the healthcare that I pay for through my insurance. And it was garbage, right? It was absolute garbage, right? I mean, in, in talking to, you know, doctors and other healthcare professionals after, they're like, oh, they might have made some mistakes there. Yeah, no shit, right? So again, to your point, like what free healthcare? Oh, and if you can find a free healthcare in this country, if you can go find a free clinic, like, it's not something that I'm leaving another country for to go experience. Well, right. I mean, you know, it's, it's just they need to paint that picture of their moochers, their... Yeah, know, we, I mean, we're, and, and here's... This is my thing. The problem is, like, you got to call out the Fox Newses and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Matt Gates. Like, they, they need to be called on their bullshit. But at the same time, it it's just proven to be so ineffective. Right? Well, calling I mean, them out? Yeah, I oh, mean, it just like you know, I mean, and it's just like it's almost in and of itself become a sport, 
right? Like, I mean, it just like it makes me feel good that I called Tucker Carlson a douchebag. Like, I guess that, if it, that does make me feel good. I mean, congratulations, but what? Like that? That it just annoys me, right? Like, because I like I'm a results oriented person. That doesn't bring results, and it just kind of compounds a really shitty situation. It's not you because like we have an entire media that's built on doing just that. Is you know doing these useless sort of oh look what the they back, did the that's so forth. bad right yep. you know I mean so that, that's that, that's frustrating but um, yeah so that's I, that's where we're at with Haiti in that whole issue at the border um, you know so essentially our border issues haven't gotten better with Biden um, you know I mean have they gotten worse I, I don't know I, I don't know if they're any better or worse they're just bad um, and we need some sort of a, a, a not only some policy shifts, but some actual action. Uh, and, and we're just, once again, we're not getting it. Yeah, I, and I, I would love to know what Haiti would look like if it was managed well and treated well. Because like, i got to believe they've got beaches and resources that they are just They do, beautiful. but I mean, I think you can't overlook the fact that they suffer from these brutal natural disasters. No, like, every, like literally every other year. Right, I mean, it's just the path that they're in for the hurricanes, terrible, right? And apparently that part of the... Because Haiti shares an island with... Dominican Republic. Right. Yep. I mean, DR is fine. You know, I mean, like, they got their issues in the Dominican, but, like, they, they, like, they don't see the same sort of just, you know, the same thing. You know, I mean, like, they, you would think that, like, earthquake in Haiti would impact the Dominican Republic the same way. And Not yet, that big of an island, I agree. Right, but, and yet... It, it does it. One, one thing that kind of gets um, overlooked in situations like this does fall on government. Because when government has things that people who live in well-run, I'm using air quotes saying the U.S. is well-run, but things like building codes that annoy the fuck out of people who actually have to build stuff and you work in building stuff for a living, and I'm sure it annoys the hell out of you. But when you have codes that say, if there's a hurricane, this building will stay standing because we forced builders to follow these codes and when you don't have that and you still have the hurricane now i'm not suggesting the dominican republic has great infrastructure, infrastructure and building yeah. codes. i don't know honestly but um but that's that's where that sort of thing comes in we, it goes really unappreciated until it fails you and then right I, but yeah you're right but i mean that's they're, that's their government specific, right? Yeah, I sure. mean, like, I mean, because what's interesting is that a lot of the, from the, you know, from you know the far left progressives is, you know, this is somehow the U.S.'s fault, right? Like, because we've interfered with their government, we've made their government ineffective, and and so because we've made their government ineffective, their government hasn't done the right things to stabilize the country, you know, not only from an infrastructure standpoint, but from a, a you know civil standpoint, and like if you want to. Try to make that connection. Okay, fine. Go I'm, ahead. I'm not, not you. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Like I, I just, you're you're right. Like it, it would help if they had some sort of code. But I mean, at what point? Like when? <laughs> when are they going to do it? When when have they had an opportunity to do something like? I mean, it just like it feels like the country has constantly been, like I I don't know a time, I ha I don't think there's been a time that I've been alive, that it seemed like Haiti was in okay shape. Oh no! I don't, <laughs> right, like I mean, as, I just, as long as I've known what Haiti was, it's been a disaster. Right, like so, I just like I, I don't know exactly when they were gonna 
you know, build these sturdy buildings because that takes time and it's just and like, resources and effort. Right, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> even if even if their government, I guess the point I'm trying to make is even if their government said, okay, you have to have building codes and everything needs to be able to survive a hurricane and an earthquake, which that's a hell of a building. Um, like, when were they going to build it? Right. I mean, because I feel like halfway through building it, an earthquake happens and it, you know it collapses again. You know, or a hurricane comes through and destroys it. So um, I just no, I don't if, know. If I, if I was Haitian, I would I would be trying to get the hell out too. Right. That's and right. I understand why. Go to the go to the other side of the island. I don't know. Yeah. There we go. Um, so staying in the same region in Texas, uh, I want to go back to the Texas abortion law. All right. Um, because we have a little bit of a, a, an occurrence. So a big part of the uh, the Texas abortion law, right? Like you know, no babies uh, aborted past six weeks, which is really early, and we talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, part of the reason why they did it was that it eventually, it, it is it essentially not eventually, it essentially put a halt to abortions. Yeah. Right. Uh, because you know, I mean, like no doctor would want to commit, you know, would want to participate in abortion, and and you know, women are afraid to go, and this whole thing where anybody can sue, and so. It essentially basically created the stay on abortions in the state of Texas. Well, you had a Texas doctor who came out and wrote an op-ed in the Washington or in the uh, in the Wall Street Times that he or Washington Post or whatever that he had done an abortion recently, and he explained why and he explained why he opposed the bill. He did that for a very specific reason. He did that so that someone would sue him, right? And the reason why that's important is because once someone sues, then that starts the process of getting this to the Supreme Court. What Texas and everybody they were hoping is that they would just scare everybody, nobody would sue, and it would be a while before this made its way to the Supreme Court, which they don't, you know, which they they don't necessarily even want it to go to the Supreme Court. In a perfect world, it would just it would just prevent anybody from doing anything, right? Like they wanted this freeze on abortions and they've, in their mind, they essentially won because they stopped abortions. Well, this doctor goes out, he commit, he, he, he does a, he does an abortion. He writes the article and then some, <laughs> some lawyer who got debarred, right. And for fraud and all this other stuff. And like this guy is in Illinois, reads the op-ed piece and was just like, you know what? I've been disgraced as an attorney. I, I lost my income. I could use $10,000. So you know what? I'm going to sue. I'm going to sue the doctor who wrote that op-ed, right? Um, and because of the way the law works, anybody can do it, right? Not just anybody in the state. Right. Anybody from anywhere, right? Like, you don't even have to live in the state. You don't have to live in the state. You don't have to know the woman. You don't have to know the guy who got the woman pregnant. You don't have to know the law the, the doctor who did it? You don't have to know anybody in the situation. Just if you know of someone getting an abortion, however you find that information out, you can then sue, right? The 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 people that helped facilitate right, this right. The, this particular action, right? Which, okay, again, we have a lot of issues here, like constitutionally, just standing, everything else. So, uh, the guy, the 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 disgraced lawyer from Illinois, sues. Right? And what this does is this sets in motion um, the ability to take this case and litigate this case, right? Like, so it's going to go, it, you know, it'll go, it'll work its way through, you know, Texas law circuits, and right? Texas circuits and, and, you know, get bumped up eventually, hopefully to uh, appellate. And then this will kind of fast track it to, towards the Supreme Court way sooner than the people who put this together wanted. Um, you know, the conservatives in Texas are livid about this. Um, because they knew that that was like the one like weak weak link in their plan, 
Um, they're just like, as long as nobody actually sues and we scare people enough to think that, you know, it's a big deal if they do, then we're fine. But the guy who lives in Illinois who doesn't actually give a shit about any of this and just sees an opportunity to get $10,000 and maybe get a little bit of fame and notoriety to get his name back out there so he can figure out a way to draw some money in, yeah, they didn't really count on that. You know, can I, can I make a prediction? And this is going to be something that's going to come in probably a year and a half from now, if not longer. I think there's going to be a lot of really disappointed conservatives when the likes of um, Kavanaugh and and you know, the conservative court goes eight one or nine zero, saying, you know, we're we're pro life, we're anti abortion, but this law is trash. Yeah, from a constitutional standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I I just I I. I don't see them getting Gorsuch, right? Like, uh, Gorsuch isn't going to go for this, uh, I don't think. Uh, Kavanaugh, I kind of, I, I still don't know about him. Uh, Barrett, I don't think we'll be able to support this. Um, you know, the, the, the newest uh, member of the team. Uh, you know, you, and then and then you've got your your two, you know, liberal progressives uh, uh, in Sotomayor and... Um, uh, Kennedy? Uh, well, Kennedy, but who, who's the other person I'm thinking of? Um, but anyway, I mean, like, and, and I don't even know if you can get Thomas. I, I, I honestly don't know if you can get Thomas on this. I, um, I, I just, you know, there's just so many issues with it that, I mean, I think, I think what they will do is say, because of this, this, and this, we can't support it, which basically lays out how to kind of reframe it and then bring it back for actual debate. Uh, you know, at which point in time then you could see something, but like, I just don't see how this is going to be able to make it to this. Now, the other thing is this may not make it to the Supreme Court, right? Because what could happen is you may get a decision at the appellate level that completely, you know, rejects this whole premise that the that, that Texas has put out. And then the Supreme Court is just like, yeah, just do what they say. Let me throw one Supreme Court question at you as a lawyer. And then um, I do want to move on to the next couple things. But... I hear people all the time bitching about term limits, and they're usually talking about elected officials. And there's a lot of people saying the Supreme Court should have term limits. I have a very strong opinion on this, but I'd rather hear yours. Um, okay, it's random. Not sure where this is coming from, but it um, popped into my head while you were talking about the Supreme Court. And okay, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, uh, I don't want term limits. Uh, not for the Supreme Court. Uh, make it lifetime, so I don't have to worry about. Um, because it, once you put term limits on, then, you know, my concern is they start looking at their, you know, their short term sort of legacy and how they make decisions. It's just like, all right, we really want to get this case in because I want to have an impact on this particular case. So, you know what I mean? Like how they look at cases that they're going to take and, and, and I feel like it could actually impact the, the their decisions, um, in a way that I don't think is best for really the country. So, you know, by making it lifetime, because here's the deal, like right now it's lifetime and there's, there's really nothing that, that that's going to happen that you're going to be able to remove one of these justices other than they die. And what we're finding is, I mean, we've had multiple instances over the last five years with the Trump appointees where people were like, what the fuck? These guys aren't doing what they're supposed to do. They were put in by Donald Trump and he's conservative and they need to, they need to do with the conservative. And they're not doing the conservative thing. What the hell? And I, and it's because it's just like, look, 
Yeah, I mean, I may have been put in by a conservative guy, but I'm in this job for life, and I'm going to do what I think is right based off my own convictions and my own reading and understanding of the law. Um, I don't have a reason to, you know, there's no reason for me to really do anything other than what I feel is the right thing. Um, and I, I like them to have that freedom. Once you start putting term limits on and people have the ability to, you know, get themselves into that position, knowing that it's a short-term position, I just think it impacts the integrity of the court. And so leave them on there for life. I agree. I feel the same way. I just, it gets thrown around all the time and I just wanted to come out and say it. I would have yeah. said I mean, people basically want term, the same thing as like, you. And who wants term limits now? Like usually the term limit people, champion, the people championing term limits are the people who don't have the majority. Yeah. Right? Like right now, progressives, they want to add members to the court and they want term limits and they want to completely reshape the Supreme Court because they don't feel that it's working in their advantage. But yet we have case after case where it actually ends up going their way because a lot of the things that conservative politicians are trying to do and the laws they put forth and the way they're trying to manipulate things actually aren't constitutional. And the and Supreme Court is coming back and telling them, like, no, you guys, you, you can't do that, right? Um, and so, you know, like, yeah, losing Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, losing, you know, not, it's not, now it's not really, now, I mean, you could almost, you could argue that it's a supermajority in the Supreme Court, conservative to, to progressive. But, I mean, I think my I think my initial instincts on on Gorsuch were correct based off a reading of his previous cases. Um, there's been a couple times where where he's where he's towed the party line so to speak, but I think he just believed in those particular cases uh, from his standpoint legally. But there have been a number of issues where people thought that he was going to go the way of conservatives, and he didn't um, because it just didn't fit. He followed the law, right? Because he followed the law, um, and we've seen Kavanaugh do it. Um, I, I just Kavanaugh feels a little bit more squirmy to me. Like he he can be manipulated based off of politics, but um, he's also gone against the conservative pull as well. So uh, you know, I, I just I, I think I think the way it is right now, I think we've got the right number of people. I think we have uh, the right idea with the lifetime term limits. Conservative or progressives don't like it right now because it didn't go their way. But you guys really suck at getting the right people elected, and 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 elections matter. So that's kind of on you. Yeah, I understand. Um, all right, so it was a bad week in Trump world. Uh, first of all, the nine eighteen uh, show support for those unlawfully detained for their actions on January sixth, uh, who are being treated so terribly. If you listen to uh, that side of things, but that wasn't technically a Trump rally, though. Okay. It was a rally it was about a, it the was, people who it was a, it attacked was a, the Capitol. Right, it was a MAGA, you know, hosted event or whatever, but I, I don't even think Trump was there. He was not. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there, like nothing came of it. Uh, I, I mean, which is good. Which is good. And we talked about it, there were concerns. Um, and I think after January 6th, you, you, if you can no longer just kind of sweep these situations under the rug and really... You know, it goes back to Charlottesville, right? Like, I mean, yeah. and, and, but I think it even goes further back to that to more really, a lot of this started with actually the other side, right? Like progressives in Antifa physically attacking people at various like speaking engagements, whether it was Ann Coulter or Ben Shapiro. Um, you, you know, you would have these, these, these progressive liberal or whatever and and you know people say there are plants and chaos doctors and actors and whatever okay maybe but either way 
they did what they were supposed to do, and what they did was it made it made the progressive left look bad. And so, um, I think you could say it really started all the way back then. And then you have what happened in Charlottesville, and then fast forward to January sixth. You can no longer look at these situations and just say, "Oh, it'll be fine." It's just a bunch of pissed off rednecks, you know, gathering in a field. Um, you do need to take it seriously, but fortunately, nothing happened. Um, they didn't really have a great turnout. Um, there were people arrested who had, you know, various, you know, like weapons and, and, you know, different types of gear, but I mean, really nothing came. I didn't even really see much about it. Right. You Which know, like, like even any sort of like coverage of it. I mean, I wasn't looking for it cause honestly we talked about it. I think I forgot about it as soon as we talked about it. Um, you know, and that, that's essentially what you want, especially out of this group. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a nothing burger. A fizzle. Yep. Yep. And I, I, I mean, I said it on the show last week that I did not expect a repeat of January 6th. I didn't think there would be energy. And plus, this time, I think there was going to be a lot more. They didn't have their guy in charge who was going to come in and save the day. So many of the people who did the things on January 6th said that they believed Trump was going to sweep Are in. Are still saying that they believe that Trump is going to get back in office and save them from... Mike, Mike Lindell has pushed back. Now it's November when the Supreme Court is going to see all of his evidence. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sure, I'm, 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 and it will get continue to get pushed back and pushed back, and then all of a sudden it's 2024. There's an election, right? I mean, and then everybody will be, you know, back on their on their on their Trump uh, uh, pedestal. But um, you know, going to other fizzling things, you got the Arizona audit of the election, which uh, you know the the what was the what was the company that did it? Uh, the the Cyber, Ninjas. Cyber Ninjas. Yes. So the company themselves, the 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 firm or whatever, Cyber Ninjas, comes out and says, "Well, Joe Biden actually did win, and he actually won <laughs> by more than we initially thought." But there were some things, there were some inconsistencies, right? And it really turned out to be just things that they like the Cyber Ninjas. Uh, firm that did this audit had never done this type of audit before, right? So they made a lot of claims about inconsistencies, but it was really things that they just didn't understand or processes that they didn't know, right? Like, so so they just said because they didn't understand it, then essentially that means it was inconsistent, which means there's a possibility that it was fraud. In Maricopa County, I think they did a really good job of countering and saying, like, well, if you knew what the hell you were talking about, you'd understand, bing, 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 right? Like, everybody's making a big deal about servers and all this other shit, and they're just like, the machines were never connected to the servers. Here's how we can lay that out and prove to you that they were never connected to the servers, which means that there was no possibility for, for you know, outside manipulation of tabulation of the votes and things like that. And they just did a really good job of going through and sort of kind of... Uh, uh, fact-checking a lot of the bullshit that was thrown out there because the issue that the cyber ninjas and Trump and the MAGA crowd have is that, you know, they come out and they say, you know, when cyber ninjas comes out and says, like, look, not only did Trump lose, but he lost by more than, right? Like, so now, like, you, you, they have issues with, you know, their claims about, you know, the voter fraud and everything else. Um, but where they really kind of get screwed up is... They don't have, they've never had facts on their side. Right? That, that makes it tough. Right? Like, I mean, they just, they don't have facts on their side. So now they have to kind of figure out what's the, what's the next new lie that we can tell to distract from the fact that we got busted for this. Because the whole point of the audit in Arizona was to foment anger, 
right, was to get people to think that, you know, what, to, to think that all these lies were being told and that they shouldn't trust. And the only, right, and I've been saying this forever, like the only person that they could trust was Donald Trump and the Donald Trump loyalist. Only trust these people, right? But then it's just like, we're telling you, we're telling you, we're telling you, we're telling you, right? And we even got our own guys doing this audit and they're going to come out and then they're going to tell you, right? Well, then your own guys come out and didn't tell you what they were supposed to tell you, right? It, yeah, and, and and so now that they have a, the only thing on their side in this particular instance is that their their base is so stupid loyal, right? I'm not saying that they're stupid, but what I'm saying is that they're so blindly loyal to the idea of MAGA and Trump and what it's become that they can they can buy themselves time to come up with another lie or to come up with another like, scam like Lindell moving the goalposts again right. oh wait now it's right. going to be now it's going to be November and then I think we, we were talking earlier that now they're going to do an audit in Texas <laughs> they're going to audit the votes in in the election in Texas a state that Trump won handily if I'm not mistaken it wasn't it really was, close it, it, was closer than you'd expect I mean, for Texas. It, right. I mean, it just, I think the, the Austin and, and maybe Dallas and Houston areas were were, were more in favor of Trump or maybe, or, I'm sorry, went Biden, in yeah. favor of Biden. I mean, in those areas, I mean, and look, guys, this is easy to figure out, right? It's when you've got a lot of black people in one area in these red states, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Texas, whatever, right? The areas that are heavily populated in the domestic big whether it's, you know, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, whatever, like those areas are, are the, the people are majority black, right? Black people didn't like Trump. So those counties, those areas went for Biden, right? And now what really is pissing people off, like Georgia pissed everybody off because, you know, Atlanta, that, that whole area around Atlanta is so big and there's so many black people there, right? And they had done a good job for a long time of keeping, like basically saying, of keeping black people disinterested from voting, right? Like, I mean, like, they, did they, were they doing things to make it harder for black people to vote? Absolutely, right? Like, they got rid of BMVs or, or places where they would register to vote and all that sort of stuff and get IDs and all. They did all, they closed them down, they moved them to far, far distances, you know, a couple suburbs away, so people had to travel far to get IDs and to register to vote. Um, they had all sorts of rules in place that made it really hard to vote. And then the pandemic happens and they're able to kind of fix some of this. And frankly, like the Democrats did do a good job of voter mobilization in Georgia, um, really the last few election cycles. And that pissed off Republicans, the GOP, conservatives, whatever you want to call it, Trumplicans. It pissed them off so much that they literally are trying to go in and rewrite laws, basically so black people stop voting again. Right, because where they ran, like the issue that they ran into is like once the people decided to vote, then it's just like, well, shit, now we have a problem, right? So it's like, how can we restrict their ability to vote so that they can't impact us and we can get back to get back to normal? And so now, what you're seeing in Texas is the same thing, like, but it's it's a little it's a little bit more diverse in Texas because you have people from California moving into Texas. Right, because California is so crazy expensive. Texas doesn't have the, the, the state income tax right. and all that other stuff. So, But you have a lot of people, a lot of very progressive liberals coming in from California and other places out west that are moving to Texas because it's so much cheaper to live. And those people are starting to have an influence. So it's less about race there than it is in Georgia. But it's the same idea. We need to try to figure out a way to limit these people's ability to impact our vote. So the, those of us who've been here for a while that we like, right? You know, we, like, we, like black people have been in Georgia for a long time, but we don't like them, 
right? But we, we need the white people here who've been here for a long time that we like. We need them voting and we need to keep them happy. And in Texas, I think it also played a big role that the Bush family and the Trump family didn't play so well together. And there's lots of Texans who were blindly loyal to George Bush. And when he was directly attacked by Trump and when his family was directly attacked by the Trump administration, I think that had to turn off several Republicans. Whether it turned them off enough to vote for Biden, I don't you know. know. I, so I've got a lot of family in Texas. I'm from there. and I, You know, family, friends, things like that. And, and it's, I don't get a lot of that vibe. Um, I, I don't I, maybe overstating the the amount of loyalty loyalty to the Bush family in Texas, um, but Trump did turn a lot of Texans off. Like contrary to what you see on social media, there were a lot of things that Trump did that turned a lot of Texans off. Um, a lot of it had to do with the border, right? I mean, like they're all about it until he said, "All right, well, we're going to build this wall. We're going to run it through your farm, right? Uh, or we're going to run it Having through your domain, land, you're lose and your land, yeah. you're not really going to get compensated for it. You're going to get pennies on the dollar if that, um, and it may ruin the actual natural habitat. Um, but you know, MAGA, right? Like, and there are a lot of people who are just like, "Whoa, whoa, hold on, bro. We're you know that whole government overreach thing. Like, we're pretty serious about it." Um, and you coming through and running a giant wall through the property that my family has owned for, you know, the last hundred years, not cool, right? Um, I think, you know, Trump's general behavior turned some some Texans off. And then um, just I think some of the policy stuff that he did, like, which really wasn't as beneficial to, you know, this, the whole, like, people lose, people are forgetting the amount of damage that was done by some of the sanctions and in, in his, his trade war with China, Right? It, had, it had a lot of impact on, on places like Texas and things like that. So there are a lot of things that I think that gave your, your you know, traditional Texan pause. Um, now, there were plenty of Texans who were all about Trump. There's no doubt about sure. it, and there's probably more of them than not. But I think there were enough to, to raise some eyebrows. But the idea that they need to go back and audit Texas after the 2020 election is insane. Right, because it's I don't a, even know. It's a like, what do you stunt, get right? from it? it what, like, what do you get? He won the state by a lot. You know, I mean, like, did he win it by as much as we thought? No, but I, or as much as people would think, because it's Texas. No, he didn't, and we just talked about the reasons why. But how auditing the Texas election makes any sense? I, I, I don't. I, I can't if, tell you. Even, even if you win, you lose. And I know this isn't going to happen, so don't say I said it would happen. But how fucking hilarious would it be if it said, oh. Actually, we found out Biden won, mm. and now your electoral vote was an utter domination. Right. And <laughs> that would, I mean... That would be hysterical. It will not happen. No, it, it won't, but, I mean, if it did, it would, like, that, that's a, you know, blow, you know, blow soda water out of your nose sort of moment. Yes. Um, you know, so we'll move on. Derek Chauvin uh, is appealing his conviction in Minnesota. Um, something to keep an eye on. I don't think he wins. I don't think there's much that will come of it other than he's doing it. But it's worth watching. Um, you know, there's a lot of media attention uh, around the case for a number of different, you know, sensible reasons. Um, but I just, I he that like you know they have like 14 points that they're bringing up, and I, I just I, I don't see how it ends up being successful. But it's something worth yeah, you know I mean, noting and watching. It's not shocking, right? No, I mean, it's you're, not you're shocking. He's going to jail for was it twenty two years or something like that. I think he got twenty three. Okay, feels right. Yeah. Okay, so Derek's got plenty of time on his hands, and right. if you can find yeah. a lawyer who's willing to take whatever he can pay them, if they, <laughs> they haven't died from COVID and they're not right. being sued for the, for billions of dollars, then 
You know, well, maybe. But the, but the sad and ugly underside of this is there are lots of people out there who feel like this is all a media thing. If they hadn't shown this on TV, this guy wouldn't have been convicted. And I'm like, well, you're probably right, but for the wrong reason. <laughs> well, if they hadn't used if the they, evidence that they, was so against him. If he hadn't committed murder and had it filmed and showed right, it, like, if they, what the fuck do you want? Right, like if they didn't have a damn tape of him killing the guy, then we wouldn't even be here right now and he'd be a free man. This is that, bullshit. That that mentality exists oh, way more than... Uh, trust me, I'm I'm well aware. I mean, there, I, I mean I, there are people I literally had to walk away from who said... If this wasn't on video, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> but it was. Right. And, and uh, all right. But, so, that that's happening. I think we, we note it, and then, we, you know, we come back to it. Um, I want to talk about Gabby Petito. Um, they believe that they found her body. Gabby Petito. No, they've was, confirmed uh, it now. Okay. So, Gabby Petito, uh, Brian Laundrie, they're a couple from Florida that... Live the van life, I guess, is a thing. I guess I, they went across country in her van. I don't know if they were like a total. No. They were there was a huge his parents' house. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was a van thing. They had this yep. Instagram yep. account. Yep. They had all these little adventures together. It was just like you know, standard social media influencer BS. Um, you know, everything we do on social media is great, but then their life is basically in shambles behind the scenes. Um, you know, you get a lot of that. I, you know, I, I because of my powerlifting, I deal with fitness industry a lot, and there's a lot of people who. You know, like based off their Instagram, everything is great. But then, you know, you meet them in person. It's just like you're dying on the inside, aren't you? Yes, <laughs> I am. Um, but uh, but this particular case, they had taken her van uh, all the way out to Wyoming or something like yeah. that. Uh, there, there was a run-in with the police where it sounded like they were having some sort of a domestic issue. Maybe he was like emotionally abusing her, but it got turned. He was. It sounds like he was emotionally abusive at best. And, you know, and what I mean at best is, you know, hoping that he's not, he wasn't also physically abusive, but it sounds like he was emotionally, he was at minimum emotionally abusive towards her. Uh, the police get called and they side with him. They split them up for a night. He goes to a hotel. She stays in the van because it's... Other way. No, she stayed with the van because it was her van. And they put him in a hotel. I think it's, I think he stayed with the... Anyway, all right. Okay. Either way, uh, either way, they either, get either way, yep. right? Like they're they're separated, and then um, you know, and then they get them back together over you know after the the overnight apart. Uh, then she disappears, uh, and then he turns up back in Florida without her in her van, um, and you know the search is on. They find the body. You just said they confirmed it. Yeah. And then he has since disappeared. There have been witnesses say that they saw him and his family leave the family house at some point in time in Florida. Uh, and you know the you know social media and the media is all ablaze about it, um, and there's there's a number of different aspects here. What so first, give me your thoughts on this. Um, okay, so they confirmed that the, the, the uh, coroner said it's a homicide, so not a suicide, not an accident. Did, um, they, say, did they say how? No, they've she not was re- they've not okay. released manner of death yet. Um, but first of all, I don't think he's alive anymore either. Okay, see, I, I don't. You keep saying that, and I, I just, I'm not. I think you committed suicide in the swamp. Uh, okay. Um, I just don't believe this guy could go invisible, stay invisible, with no money, no vehicle. I mean, they impounded his car. They, the van is not his. With no money, and maybe he's got mad outdoorsman skills. I mean, who was the was Eric Rudolph? Who was the guy that? 
Atlanta bomber guy who stayed on the run for like five years. Mm -hmm. All right, that guy was a hardcore, like, you know, outdoorsman type. And he gets caught pulling garbage out of a dumpster. This guy isn't the outdoorsman. And I'm, I'm, I should say, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I but don't, I don't know how you survive okay. in the so Florida wilderness. One, you don't know anything about the guy. You don't know For, enough to make any of the assertions I know he's that 23 and I can look at him. <laughs> right. But again, the, you don't know. Right, like you just you just don't like you're you don't right. have the facts or anything remotely close to support what you're seeing, other than a picture that you saw of the guy. Um, so and, I in video and stuff. I've right. you don't have enough to say whether you know whether the guy can survive I did, outside. I didn't or not. say I know. I said right. that's my that's my belief. Right. I, I just I can't like I can't go there. I, I just I don't have I don't know where the guy is. I don't know anything about him. There's nothing for me to think that he's dead. There's nothing for me to think that he's surviving in. This guy could be in a fucking motel sex. I mean, like, let, yeah, let's not like. Could, like, like here's the deal: you make it seem like it's so hard to disappear in the United States. Fuck you! No, it's not. People disappear every fucking day and turn up all over the place. Like, come on, we got Wait. we got people. I got. Look, I look. There, you can. I can take you to Cleveland. I can take you downtown to Cleveland. You missing persons, and there are people like people disappear all the fucking time. Like, it seems it should be harder now because we have so many cameras everywhere. It's and there's a national interest in this. Okay. So the people you're talking about don't have the entire country with this person, with that person's How face on it. We, but Eric Rudolph was missing for five fucking years, right? And he's not the only one, right? Like, you don't have to be but this master was, but that, well, that, was, that was 20 years ago. Um, I don't know. I think staying invisible today with no money and no vehicle is very difficult. But you're right. He could have an aunt who lives in It's also Wisconsin. Florida, right? It's yes, Florida. Yes. Right? Like, he didn't necessarily have to go to the swamp, or he's not, like, trying to survive in the Everglades. You know what I mean? Like, come on now. Yeah. I, 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 he could be in a fucking trailer park somewhere. It, it, it you is know, possible. I mean, there's, there's a lot of places you could go. I don't think it's as hard to, like, yeah, it could be tough. But he also disappeared before things really got hot and heavy on him. Um... I don't know. I, I mean, I think the guy pops up somewhere, you know, um, eventually. Maybe you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just no, don't know. There's just, I don't know. This, I feel like the guy will probably turn up, and it'll probably turn up that he killed her. Maybe, you know, they got into another accident, and he pushed her. She fell down, hit her head, something like that, and just got shook, whatever. I, he Probably if they do find him going to jail, but I just, like, I, I don't know enough to say. I, I don't, and I, I got to call you on that. You don't That's know that fine. either. I, I, again, I never said I knew it. That's my suspicion. Right. I'm putting it out there now. Um, this dude probably turns up in a fucking Motel 6 right next to a fucking sketchy strip club. That's what okay. I would do. Okay, all right, well. <laughs> That's but again, you need money, and you go to the sketchy strip club. We don't and know that he doesn't have money, though. That's true. Um, like, what are you basing that off of? What did he say? I, I don't know. I don't remember what made me go. This guy's got no money. But he's he's a twenty three year old. He's separated from his parents. His parents might be facing legal troubles. Getting. I mean, who's he, to say his parents didn't cash something out? Or no, that's true. That's you know true. I mean, I know plenty. Like depending on how old his parents are, like, he's twenty three, so he's, they're probably not that old. But I mean, he could have older siblings, but. I know plenty of people who keep cash on hand, like not for this, <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, even, I, I mean, like, I, well, I'll say it, I don't give a fuck, like if you can get into my safe, God bless you, but like, I, you know, I mean, like I keep five grand on hand just in case, just in cash, right? Like it's in my gun safe, you know, just in case something happens, you know, I mean, that's built up over time, right? It started sure. off with a hundred dollars and then, 
you know, every now and again, I put a 20 in there, a 50 in there, a hundred, whatever, and just, you know, keep it locked up. But I, I mean, I know plenty of people who, who have like enough cash on hand where it's just like, look, here's 1500 bucks, or, or get even, as far as you even can. 10 grand. We'll see. I, right. I, I, I don't I, like, again, I just, I, I don't think he, we, we don't know. We don't have enough facts about the guy. I don't like, you know, none of this. If it wasn't a national story, it really wouldn't be that interesting to me. It's just like white people doing white people things and white people kill each other. Literally, Dateline has made a living off of telling these stories, right? This is kind of oh, this will, this will be on Dateline, right? Like, this is kind of what y'all do. Um, <laughs> I mean, so much so that there's forty thousand podcasts about it, right? Like white yeah. people killing white people is literally an industry that like we don't talk about enough. Like there are multiple shows that have had like uh, uh, what is it? Dateline. 2020, um, first 48, first 40, there's a whole show. Well, first 48 is a little bit different. They, they're more diverse with their, 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 like their victim pattern or whatever. But like Dateline and 2020 are primarily like white people in the suburbs killing each other. Right. And then there's a whole, there's a whole channel. There's a whole channel on, on direct. uh, If you have direct TV, there's a whole channel. I think it's called, uh, identity or something or ID network or something like that, that all they do is go through all these like murders of people. Um, it's crazy. Now, there's this huge thing about uh, that, that's coming from, again, the progressive left and, and a lot of black media that, you know, America's obsessed with missing white girls and blah, 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 yada, yada. Yes, that's yes, true. We are. It's very true. And we've talked about it. It's been documented. Yes. Um, I think this is a little bit different because the social media aspect. And I mean, look, I don't necessarily think it's wrong that this is getting national attention. What sucks is. The number of brown and black missing girls that goes complete, like that no one talks about. Now, here's my thing. If you're in the media, if you're a black person in the media, whether you're Joy Ann Reed or you're Karen Hunter or you're uh, just pick a black media, well-known black media person. If your argument is all they do is talk about missing white girls and they don't talk about the missing black and brown girls, you better have a segment on your show, whether it's weekly, monthly, whatever, where you do it. All right, all right. You've, you've got a platform. Like, if you're a black person in the media, and you get on the Sunday talk shows, and you go around talking about white girl syndrome, blah, 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 I better be able to go to your social media. I better be able to go to your shows. I better be able to find on your website the part where you have something up about missing black and brown girls. Yeah, absolutely. Period. Even, like, even, don't even, sit here and fucking complain about it, and you're not doing a fucking thing about it your goddamn self. Don't, don't you dare pull that bullshit. Here's the thing. Now, they're going to look back at me and say, well, what have you done? I'll tell you exactly what the fuck I've done. I've sat and I've looked through photo array after photo array after photo array of victims, right? Of people, whether they were my clients or they were victims, and I've looked and I've backed, Matt, had to look and see and make sure their pictures didn't line up with missing persons. And when I started it, I was on a task force in Cook County with... The state's attorney's office um, and a couple different federal agencies and the prosecutor or, or, and the public defender's office. And what we would do is we would get people like it, it was mostly missing, missing women, missing girls. Um, but, you know, I would have a client or there would be a victim of a crime that my, you know, my client was involved in. And I would take their picture and I would go through all these missing girls. Now, I, when I first started, I would only go through girls that had been missing a month. Right. And um, the, the special agent from the FBI said, what are, you, what are you doing? 
I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing a job. He's like, yeah, you, you can't just limit it to a month. I'm like, but there's so many in a month. Like, he's just like, yeah, there's a lot. You need to expand that at least a year, right? You got to look at at least a year, right? A lot of these people end up missing for, for a year, two, three, five years, right? Ten years, right? So then, like, so now all of a sudden my thing goes from, and I'm, I'm putting my hands together so it's no good on a, on a podcast, right. but, like, you know, I'm going through a stack from this to this, right? And just looking at picture after picture of missing brown, Mexican, black, uh, you know, Middle Eastern, Puerto Rico, whatever, like all these, like, and just, just, just so many, right? So many, it's fucking devastating, right? It's just like, we, have we found any of these? No, right? And, and I did it for two years and made one match. Oh, right? wow. Uh, one match of a girl, um, she was a client, and what's crazy is she never left Chicago. She had never left Chicago and had been missing for, for over a year. Well, it was longer than a year. I can't remember how long it was, but she had never left Chicago. They just took her from one side of town to the other, turned her into a she, prostitute. So she was, she, was abdu- she was abducted and... Yeah, she was, and she was my tra- client. Trafficked. Okay. She was my client. She got picked up on solicitation and drug possession, and I go through the whole thing, and I'm like, I, th- I, think, I, think, this is, I think this is her, right? Like, and I match the picture, and the agent comes over and, you know, go through a vetting and verification process. Turns out that it's her. She, she had... Essentially been, you know, she had been going out, seeing a guy, um, and he basically doesn't ever let her leave and turns her into a prostitute, gets her hooked on drugs, sends her out, then then has the audacity to show up in court, right? Like, I mean, and like, didn't bail her out, but would show up for, you know, the different stages of her, uh, um, of her, of her court case and everything. And also, the, here's the other fucked up part, right? So we're able to verify that this girl basically ends up being kidnapped and forced into prostitution and, and drugs and everything else. But I can't do anything about the charges. Right? It's just like, well, look, she didn't get here on her own. Like, yeah, but she still did it. So, we, you know, we got to charge her. Did the guy get charged with anything? Please tell no. me. Oh, my God. No. Um, for a different reason, though. Okay. For a different, for different reason. We don't, I, I don't have time to go into all that. We've but already gone over. He, so. Well, he, it's not that he didn't get charged. He um, he met his end before we were able to before anything was able to be done about him. Okay. He, was, he was he was not a good guy. So we the not even we. I was a public defender, but um, they had their sights set on him, and then he met uh, an appropriate end. Let's just say. Um, right. But I mean, you know, so no, not a happy ending whatsoever. But I mean, she still ends up, she still ends up going you know going to jail, life ruined. Um, her parents know where she's at. At least, um, and, and you know, but I mean, you're in county in in Cook County, Chicago. That's not exactly uh, a good a place to get better right. and deal with the trauma that you've experienced. So, I mean, just a a horrible, awful situation. So, when when I get the what are, what are you doing about it or what have you done? Like, I, I was like, look, I can tell you what I've done. So, you know, to the media out there that are that that are doing this, like, if you have a show, Karen Hunter. If you have a show, uh, 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 Oliver Willis, if you have a show, like whoever, and you're making these claims about what the white media isn't doing and how obsessed they are about Gabby Petito, then get a segment on your show where you do this thing for the girls that you say who need it the most. Because there's a lot. At the very least, you could do a database on your social media, on your Facebook page. On your website, and, whatever. And in 10 seconds say, and please go to my Facebook page and look at these, and if you see someone in your area, I mean... They're not. not And and, and so here's the deal. I thought about that, and I think I want to do that on our website. Like we're not super active on our website, and we need to kind of flip that around. I think that's a way to change it. 
Um, I just have to figure out where to get the information on the missing girls and make sure that, you know, if there's any sort of special permissions, which I, I can't imagine that someone's going to get pissed that I'm posting pictures of missing people. Uh, but I think I want to integrate that into our website so that, like, I, because, like, if I'm saying it, like, we, we don't have the same platform that these other people have. Right. But we do have enough of a platform, and it's worth it to, I mean, look, it's not going to hurt. Sure. Right? Getting people's images out, even on a small platform, isn't going to hurt. So it's, I think it's something that we need to do. Um, and I think it's something that these other media members need to do um, instead of complaining about what's not being done. I think that's a good spot to end it on. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We were at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter, and it's almost football time, so we got to go. Yep.